0: it's the locked on podcast Network your team every day
1: in a game that screamed trap game Auburn said no 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 and they just absolutely took it to Vanderbilt I'm Zach Blackerby he's Daryl Dapper this is a live edition of locked on Auburn Daryl uh the Tigers take down the Commodores 80. 80- to 65 in a game where okay vandy led i believe it was 16 to 14 and after that it was all auburn
0: yeah i think that sometimes i'm a fatalist when it comes to sports especially like history matters and i just did not feel good about this game i could just tell you now i felt like you know auburn look it is very hard to come play at a high level, and play really good basketball game in, game out. Football, you play 12 games. Basketball, so long. It's hard to do that over the course of the season. You're going to have clunkers. And this screamed like Auburn was going to have a clunker. And the fact that it's in Vander- at, in Nashville where Auburn struggled, it worried me. I just yeah. It felt like a trap game. Ole Miss coming in Saturday. Again, even elite basketball teams are going to lose three games in a year, right, or four. It's just too hard. There's too many games. This seemed like the time that there could be a little letdown. The 7 0 start, I think, took that right out of the minds of Auburn. I I think that just kind of settled them in. And then the rest of the game, Zach, this was so weird watching this game. Auburn played, I'm not going to say like, you know, going through the motions. They just played really chill basketball, really kind of. At, a, at an even pace and tempo, kind of business-like, and wins by 15 on the road in a place that they struggle. And I'll talk more later why I think it was even that close. That's something I'm really frustrated about that yeah. needs to change. But, okay, um, you know, I just think that this is the mark of a really good basketball team when you can come out and not play with a high level of emotion, kind of come out and just play – you know we're here. We're going to take care of business. We're chill, and then you 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 play that way, and you you win by fifteen on in a in a place that's a haunted house for you, in years past. So, man, I tell you what, fifteen and two, and I will say this team, scary, really really can do some special things.
1: Yeah, because it's not like they're getting red hot and they can't miss. It's just solid fundamental basketball and it's not just from your top two or three players it's from the whole team and you've got got like kd didn't have a good offensive night tonight but you still see him putting effort in it on the defensive side of everything and and you know setting screens and moving around off ball and all of that and it's like okay well even when guys are having off nights shooting and off night scoring They're finding other ways to contribute because they know if they do not go a hundred percent, they're going to get pulled and they're going to lose minutes. And I think it's a very healthy blend of competition this far into the season. And it's just kind of breeding some, um, some really good, really good basketball, but Jalen Williams, Mm Daryl seven for seven from the floor for 21 points. He made all five of his free throw attempts as well. Just another, I mean, this guy is going to, we're going to look up at the end of the year and he's going to be the SEC player of the year when it's all said and done. I mean, what he's done so far this season is incredible.
0: What he did tonight is historic. And I'll tell you why I've been watching basketball for a very long time. And it is very difficult to have a perfect night, a clean sheet, so to speak. He did that earlier in the year. And what I mean by that is he made all his, he was perfect from the field, perfect from the line. To do that once is very difficult. That Joker just did it twice in the same yeah. year. I mean, we're, we we need to realize and wake up and appreciate how special that is to, to to witness that. I mean, I remember when Christian Leitner did it; everyone made such a big deal about it. in ESPN. Well, he's just done it and he's done it again. <laughs> I mean, you. you it, it, that's just I can't state enough how special that is and how historic that is, and and I think. On a night where maybe four de- – where the depth wasn't there, I mean, where you get like five, six guys scoring in double figures, you only get like three or four. Holloway, Dylan Cardwell, Jalen Williams, and Broom led the way. Didn't get much yeah. from Chad Baker-Mazzara. As you mentioned, didn't get much from Katie Johnson. But Jay- and Jay Denver Jones hit one-three. Jalen Williams got it going. Just said, okay, I'm going to get 17 first-half points. Come come get on my back and then the rest of them just followed suit. Broom only had four points at halftime. Right. So what Jay Wheel does is enables it's a luxury that he can carry you for a little bit until Broom gets going. And again, I'll say it and say it and say it. That front court is elite mm-hmm. with those two. Special. It
1: is. And you've said it before, you know, that that combination, that four and five combination could be the best in the SEC. It's proving it. Mm -hmm. It's proving it even on, you know, where they kind of have an off night, like Jani was six of 12. Um, I don't like that. He took two threes. That seems to be a normal thing. I'm not a huge fan of that, but whatever, but still like finds a way to score 15 and you know, you hope he's okay. He went down grabbing his knee towards the end. He seems fine. I'm sure we'll get an update on that shortly after we're done being live, but yeah, dude, I'm with you. You called that shot early. Auburn having the best combo, you know, four or five combo in the conference, and they're living up to it.
0: You know, you've got some components there. Aiden Holloway as a freshman point guard shows flashes where he he looks as to be one of the better distributors, assist to turnover ratio dues yeah. in the league. I mean, there's a, there's an argument to be made at some points during the year. Chad Baker, Mazzara, it could be a sixth man of the year guy, the way he comes in and plays. There's all these different components at the end of the day, what they what what makes that important is there is a variety of ways to beat you. Mm-hmm. On any given night, Auburn can find a different formula, an elixir, to say, okay, this is what it's going to take to win. But the one constant through all this year is the way they guard and the way they defend. And that is something that is just about effort. You know, shots may fall, shots may not fall. Rebounding may be there against certain teams. Sometimes it might. But you can guard and you can defend night in, night out. If you're willing to put that kind of effort out, put that kind of effort, and especially on the road, Auburn does not let up the way they defend you. And I think that that is going to carry them in a game where maybe offensively they're a little sluggish. Mm. And it leads to transition baskets too. I Give Vanderbilt credit. Early in the game when they took that 16-14 lead, they were doing so well on switches. Their yeah. guards looked so quick. Denying they were jumping passes in the lane and they were denying angles and stuff. And then Auburn figured it out. They just started right. back cutting and it was beautiful.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's gonna be so easy to say, oh, well, it's just Vanderbilt, who's now 0-4 in conference play. They've won five games all season. But let's just think about the fact of how hard it is, one, just to win games in this conference. You ask any coach in the SEC, they will tell you how difficult it is to win games. And Auburn is now 2-0 on the road in conference play. They started things off in Fayetteville and absolutely decimated Arkansas. And the score doesn't show how dominant this win was tonight, but it's very clear Auburn was 20 points better or so than Vanderbilt. And I, I got a feel when we move into the thing that bugs you late in the game, I, I think I know where you're going with this. And I think a lot of the live chat is going to be very eager to agree with you. But just let's just appreciate the fact that Auburn – has really taken care of business in their two road conference games so far early into conference play. I mean, that's a big deal that I don't think a lot of people are going to really focus on when they think about this game.
0: I'll give you a template and a formula. That's kind of fun. That's, that's, that stood the test of time. I remember when I was in high school and I fell in love with the game. I was a long time ago.
1: It was a very
0: long time ago. I would watch, you know, college basketball a ton and, There was a a color analyst named Al McGuire, who was a a former coach. And he made this statement, and I have watched this come true year in, year out. He said, when you play in conference, every road game you win, give you a plus two. Every game you win at home, plus one. If you lose at home, minus two. And if you lose on the road, minus one. Add all that up at the end of the year. Cumulatively, and he said, "The winner, the team with the best plus-minus, based upon that formula, will always be your league champion." That's how much winning on the road counts twice and, as much, and, and, and that's how and that's how losing at home counts. And it's 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 weird how you would think, well, that's not that that complicated. It's not, but I've done that before because I'm kind of an analytic stat nerd when it comes to basketball, and it is so true. The yeah. teams that win can win, I would say, you know, like 60% of their games on the road. You do that in this conference and hold court at home, you're winning the league, man. And Auburn's 2-0 and right now. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Levi in the live chat is saying it's the only, the third win at Memorial in program history.
0: Well, I will say this. I know it's the, I know that the, the uh, 1999-2000 Auburn team with Chris Porter Uh, not the one that was a a number one seed, but the the team after that the next year won and broke a spell, broke a long, long, long streak. And then I remember an Auburn team under Bruce Pearl winning one, I think. And those are the only two that I can recollect that's happened in the last 20 years. Now, you know, I may be wrong, but that I can remember, I remember that 2000 team and then I remember a team Ah, that Bruce Pearl, but you may have it in front of you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Justin Ferguson tweeting out after losing nine straight games in Memorial gymnasium as a program, Auburn has won for the third time in four road games against Vanderbilt.
0: See? And, and yeah, nailed it. And one of them was 2000 because I remember um, that game, but it's not, that's why I said it's a haunted house for Auburn. It's yeah. just hard to win there.
1: Yeah, Justin Hokinson adding this is only the fourth time in the last 14 games inside Memorial that Auburn will top the 40 point mark. Scoring at Vanderbilt hasn't come easy. The first time hitting 80 at Bandy since February of 2000.
0: That was when they won with Chris Porter yep. and Scotty Paul. Yeah. So that's a big thing. Uh that's that, that, that smirk. Jewish- you little, you're like, Yeah, I got that. Well, I had that. I mean, you know, when you're when you're Rain Man. You come up with stuff like that every once in a wow. while. <laughs> that's wow. yeah. I, I mean, I can't remember what I ate for breakfast, but I can remember that. So th- that's why, and, and again, this isn't probably a historically bad Vanderbilt teams, but I'm just going to say this. There were some teams in that stretch that sucked too, and Auburn lost. Now, of course, yeah. those Auburn teams, especially if Tony Barbie was coaching, You know, it's all relatives, but like guys like Kevin Stallings had Auburn's number. It was just, it was just, just again, a house of horrors. And, and, uh, for Auburn to kind of play at a just kind of a average pace and, you know, I'm not going to say go through the motions, but you know what I mean? And and still win by 15 at that place. Um, it's, it bodes well. And, And again, here's the thing without the ref show that took place in the second half auburn wins tw- by 25 and, and again they called so many fouls i mean i think combined it was like you know 40 something fouls for both teams but auburn was getting called when right when they were ready and, and i can say this and not sound like sour grapes because auburn won big Sure. so i can say it objectively every time auburn looked like they were going to get up 23 24 25 whistle there were anticipation calls too, which bothers me, where they think something's gonna happen. So they blow the whistle and of they can they let it play out. It was a horribly officiated game. And, and you know, it was just the, they killed Flo, they didn't let him play. Here's what here's what I think. A Got lot it. of people come to Nashville to become stars. Those officials <laughs> felt like they were on Broadway and that people came to see them. And newsflash, you ain't Taylor Swift, bro. No one came to see you. And it was just stop with the whistles. I mean, I, I and it's again, like, I, ref, I was like, why did I you watch, bring your guitar? Exactly. Am I watching a game in the Memorial gymnasium or the grand old Opry? You're no one's there to see you, Oh, I love you, it. you know, it's just stop. And if that's what it was, it was like whistle after whistle and it, it ticky tack stuff. I mean, we're, you know, it, it was just. The whole overall vibe of the officiating was poor. And it was like, hey, look at me. It's a ref show. I'm here mm-hmm. on Broadway under the big Nashville lights. Come see me, baby. And I, it's just frustrating. Let the kids play. That game could have been over. We, we could be doing this show a half hour ago. Yeah. If not for those clowns in the stripes that thought people paid good money and trekked through the snow to see them. So...
1: Yeah. And it's I an eight just, o'clock tip. Like, come on. Like there's no reason no. Oh, to stretch this out.
0: Oh, they stretched it out and it was whistle. I mean, I don't know. You might have it in front of you cause you can pull it up. My guess was there was over 40 files called total for the game. Do you have that stat? Cause I'm really interested to know.
1: I've got them split. So Auburn had 22 mm-hmm. and Vandy had 18. So 40 right at 40.
0: <laughs> I mean, can I do a little smirk again? Yeah, you can do whatever you want. So, so, really, a college basketball game at eight o'clock at night, you're going to call 40 fouls. When one team's up 20, 22, most of the game, it
1: yourself.
0: Yeah. And then that same crew, that Cat Anderson that refereed tonight, gave out four technicals in the game he called last night. So, if you don't oh, think really? it's all, yes. So, if you don't think it's all about him, when you tease something, you have that many technicals, you're, you know, you're about, being noticed and so i just that crew was horrific i mean it wasn't pat adams who never saw a tv monitor he didn't like but still it was just it was brutal i mean I, i i was reading on social media diehard auburn fans that were going they're taking the joy away from this victory with the way and it's true it was like good come on so i'm off my soapbox terrible officiating even when your team wins 15 you could say it objectively just bad, man. Just bad.
1: Yeah. All right. Uh, I've got an important question that I want to ask. Also, drop your player of the game in the live chat. Got to feel we're all going to say Jay will But go ahead and drop that. And then I've got a question um, that I think you'll be passionate about because I'm somewhat passionate about it, too. I think it's ridiculous. Sure. So that's coming up. Uh, this live show is brought to you by our friends at Fanduel. FanDuel is the best place to wager on all of your sports action. Of course, college basketball lines are all throughout FanDuel, and you can bet on uh, money line, spreads, uh, player props. They've got a bunch of different things over there at FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guarantee when you place a $5 bet. So that's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to make your first bet a layup. FanDuel is the official sports betting partner of the NFL and the Locked On Podcast.
0: It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the years of best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one-selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock Deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer. Today that's KubotaOranedays.com.
1: Network. Yeah, Jalen Williams is the player of the game. Um
0: I've got I've got to say something real quick too, because this is just doesn't happen that often. But okay. Today when I was in my office. I'm going to give a shout-out. The guy that's our our bug guy, our exterminator, stuck his head in, says he loves watching the show, which we appreciate that very, very much. Loves yeah, the you, show. You shouted
1: him out before, I think.
0: I have. And he told me, hey, I know you guys do a player of the game, but I'm going to tell you right now it's going to be Jalen Williams. He's going off tonight. Ooh. So I won't name the company, but shout-out to you, my friend. You called it. Kudos to you. You nailed it. Can he, can
1: he be SEC player of the year? The way he's playing like this?
0: Yes. If he sustains it, absolutely. Absolutely. I don't think if he's he doing
1: anything it. crazy, where I, I don't, I think he can sustain it because I don't think he's doing anything that's like really out of his comfort
0: zone. What he's doing is he's finishing. We've seen this Jay Will before have 14, 15 in the first half and we're like, wow, he's arrived and then not score the rest of the game yeah, and just disappear. This year, he's putting points up in the second half too. He's finishing. He's he's more consistent, and and he's and he's a closer. So because of that, now look, his stats are never going to be gaudy at the end of the year because of Broom and because of some of the other guys that take some take some points and because of the depth, right? right. I mean, Auburn's got many – but I mean, from us, you know, the the dude that played at Alabama, refresh my memory a couple of years ago, that was a really good defender that's in the NBA, um, that was the glue guy for them. Ah. Uh, He only averaged like 14 points a game, but he was like a glue guy, really good defensively, really solid. No, leader. He was a guy from like three years ago on that team. Leader. He's on the Pelicans now, I think. But anyway, someone in the chat will say it. When he left, Alabama dropped. That was the year that Jabari and them came the next year, and they had a drop-off. Herb Jones. That's it. Yes. Okay, so he won. I think he won SEC Player of the Year, and he didn't have gaudy statistics. Jalen Williams is reminding me, except he's he's more dynamic offensively sure. than Herb Jones was, that kind of year, consistent. He may end up with averaging, what, 14, 15 a game, five or six rebounds, but he's so steady and consistent and so dynamic. I mean, he can dunk on you, and he can hit the three. He can teardrop you, and he can spin move you. It's it's beautiful. He's got such a, a variety of, of weapons that he can use. He's very multidimensional when it comes to scoring the basketball. Mm-hmm. And he also defends like his hair's on fire. He'll block your shot. He'll rebound. He continues to play at this level and this steady. He could be that dude at the end of the year. I don't even want to ask. Because when you laugh and can't tell me, I know. Because, see, I can't see the chat anymore, so I just uh-huh. – yeah, yeah, we need to fix
1: that so you can't see this chat. Jesse, yeah. Jesse got me on that one. Uh-huh. Um, as far as yeah, his like his season averages are like eleven point nine points a game, sixty two percent shooting, five rebounds, two assists. You know, so like that that scoring's got to go up.
0: Yeah, he's got to get to, I think, 15 points a game to be considered. I mean, right now it's at 12. I round up, but it's 11.9. He's got to get to about 15 a game. If he does that...
1: Yeah, I think I think, I think it happens. I that. think
0: he's in the conversation.
1: And it's a team award, too, right? Like, if Auburn does, like, only loses one or two conference games, it certainly helps, too. So, Which could happen. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Okay, this bothered me. Live chat, I want your opinion on this, too. One of the... I mean, if you had to like classify, like if you had to define, okay, which scoring moment for Auburn was the dagger, I think it's when Dylan did that put back score, but them calling it like the debate on if it was a dunk or not was one of the dumbest things I've heard a TV broadcast do. They're like, yeah, let's yeah. leave it up to you. Is it a dunk or not? I was like, no, it's not a dunk.
0: What do you it's mean? It's not, but it was such a dynamic. Sure. Acrobatic offensive play that it didn't matter if it was a dunk. He still took that dude's soul. Yeah. But don't. And he went over it the like, top of,
1: but don't debate if it's a dunk or not. Talk about right. how great the moment was.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it was not a dunk and it shouldn't have been even considered a dunk. It was just an acrobatic phenomenal offensive putback play that he did go over the top of somebody to do that. And, and you're right. It injected, it was a, it was a momentum changer. Yeah. Um. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, Sometimes at that point in the game, the crowd was dead. The crowd was dead. It was, right. it was, it was like a mausoleum in there. Auburn was on cruise control. There was they even talked about how slow the game got. They needed something to talk about.
1: Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. I'm sure it's tough broadcasting games like that, but that's just enjoy the moment. You're like, man, Dylan, right. what a story. What a story. Yeah. Not just does it dunk or not? Come on. You know it's not. You know it's not. All right, let's do, a, let's do our favorite game, live chat. What is Auburn's record over the next five contests? They host Ole Miss this weekend. They go to Alabama next Wednesday. They go to Mississippi State next Saturday, which I think is a, I think that's, next week's going to be tricky. Next week's going to be very telling. Going to Tuscaloosa and to Starkville. They host Vanderbilt on the 31st. And then they go to Ole Miss uh, the following Saturday, February third. So, next five games, what is the record? We've been saying four and one.
0: Well, and that's the thing is we now are at that apex where game five is Saturday. So, at the worst, we can be right and say four and one, right? I mean, I said four and one, you said four and one. So, if Auburn loses Saturday, which I don't think they are, we'll be right. I think we're going to be wrong, and I think the people that said five and zero. in this stretch you are going to be right. Cause we've come to our first five game stretch. I'm sticking with the four and one train.
1: I think so too. Going to Tuscaloosa, then to Starkville, which I normally call it something else, but I don't want to get in trouble. Um, I think that's a, that, that's a tough back-to-back road, strip,
0: road trip. Yeah. And in that, and in that five game um, stretch, you've got to go to Oxford too, which I think is going to be tough to, to win there.
1: We'll see. What would you think of them losing to LSU tonight?
0: Well, that makes the Auburn win Saturday look that much better, to be honest with you. And it also tells me you it's very tough to win on the road. I mean, LSU was at home, and Ole Miss fell behind pretty big and got it back to within five, I think, maybe six. But it's so difficult to win on the road. That LSU team that Auburn beat 15 just beat Ole Miss, who was ranked. That's a, that's a good win now for Auburn, an even better win. So it doesn't surprise me. I think I think that uh LSU's coach is very, very good. He's he's an up and comer. Sure. Uh he I think he's a good coach, and I think he had them ready to play. And again, it's just a different animal when you're playing at home.
1: Do you think uh do you think any of Auburn's players get Get uh, pushed by any particular coaches when they go to Tuscaloosa next week.
0: If that happens, and if it's the if it's the wrong dude, or I would say the right dude, if you're Auburn, it could be ugly. If you put your hands on Katie Johnson, Chad Baker, Mazzara, or Dylan Cardwell, you're going to draw back a nub. It's just not you. Just you know now. Now again, don't go in the other team's huddle too. That was stupid. But you don't You can't push a
1: dude. You you get the official over there.
0: No, you can't. You can't and. You know, it, it, again, he keeps, he's not doing any favors with his perception and his reputation based oh, upon he how, care he about that. It, how he handled. He's invincible. Last yeah. year
1: showed that he's invincible. So, yeah. I mean, who would be yep. the worst player for him to push? KD. Worse than Chad Baker Mazara?
0: I think so. I think KD, okay. I think Chad Baker Mazara is probably a little bit scrappier, but I think KD is one of those guys you don't want to fight. You know, he's just got that crazy eye. I how mean, would it would you? just. Yeah, I mean you don't, and then Cardwell would just is so big and massive that he'd just pound on your head like an anvil. So yeah, yeah that's you got to pick your spot on that. That's not very smart. But here, here's what I I'll just say this real quick too, from a basketball standpoint. I'm very disappointed in Gates, Missouri's coach. You don't let somebody touch one of your players and stay over on the sideline and not engage. You don't do that. You need to be over there immediately in Oates face letting him know it's about to go down. You're not going to touch one of my players because players remember that you didn't stick up for them. And then in the handshake line, then to brush him off and shrug him off. I mean, that that's hold me back energy, right? Hold me back, bro. Energy right there. I mean, when you had the chance to engage, engage, your player just got pushed and he did nothing. He did nothing. He stood on the sidelines. That's yeah,
1: I, I guarantee you, uh, Bruce Pearl would not have acted no, that way. Stephen
0: Pearl would have been over there. It would have been Stephen the Hartman. Yeah, Stephen Pearl. What it would have taken two point three seconds, and it would have been on. So, you know, you got to do that. You got to stand up for your players, right, wrong, or indifferent. You can't allow another coach to put your, his hands on your players. You cannot yeah. do that. Yeah. It's no, it's no, a I'm violation. With I'm with you.
1: All right, Ole Miss losing to LSU tonight. Does that change how you feel about Ole Miss coming to Auburn on Saturday? I I don't think it does, but you know some folks kind of approach that as whether they're going to be more fired up and feel like they need to win more this weekend. Where are you with this?
0: Yeah, there might be a little bit of a uh, urgency, uh, a tick up of an uptick of urgency. But I felt all along that Auburn was going to win this game double digits at home Uh, Ole Miss good basketball team but not at the level that I think Auburn is and I think Auburn at Neville with waiting in the wings for Flanagan and that whole thing that's going on and you know people talked about in the last postcast about how Alan Flanagan triggers us and all that listen let me just go ahead and clarify that has nothing to do with that you'd have to be stupid not to think that a guy that played somewhere else that there isn't a little bit of an extra oomph when he comes back to his home arena and plays, and especially with some of the things that went on behind the scenes with chemistry issues with Flanagan. Okay. So him coming to Auburn is a storyline. Period. It is. He played there last year or played for Auburn for three years. I think he's going to be a little tight. I do. I think he's going to want to put on a show in front of the Neville arena crowd. And I think uh, you know, it's I think Auburn's going to do a really good job containing him. And I think Auburn will win that game. Uh, double digits now will will Ole Miss come out with a little bit more sense of urgency because they lost LSU perhaps I still think that they had this one circled Um, and the fact that Auburn is a top 13 team in the country just makes it a little bit more uh, emotional for them
1: yeah I I think so because this is an Ole Miss team that has been told oh y'all aren't actually good despite them winning over and over and over again and that could be a rallying cry within a locker room as far as okay, here's our chance. Here's our chance, especially after losing the LSU. So, yeah, that, that's where that number next to your name. And it took Auburn longer than it should have for them to be ranked. And i I think they're I think they're better than the 13th ranked team in college basketball. But you know that when you have a number next to your name, it creates a target. So Auburn will have the opportunity to knock Ole Miss out of the top 25. They're 22nd right now. They lost to LSU, and so. um Ole Miss is going to try to stay ranked and in order for them to do that they've got to win on Saturday. So, I think Auburn wins against Old Miss um as well.
0: So I think that place is going to be it's going to be crazy Saturday. It's going to be yeah. crazy. It's
1: going to be crazy. Absolutely. Um Eddie dropping a Bruce Pearl quote in here says uh, Pearl said, uh, "quote, I would like our students and the jungle to remember that Allen graduated from Auburn and is an Auburn man." I hope they welcome him accordingly. I think Auburn fans will cheer for him before the game. And then I think they will treat him like the opposing team during it. That's just my guess. And that's probably the right way to do it.
0: Yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying that th- the emotion is supposed to be bad. I'm not saying boo, Alan Flanagan. I'm not saying. Heckle him at all. I'm just saying, realistically, there is some emotion there when you play at a particular school for three years and you're coming back. It's just normal. Um, no one's saying he's going to be the villain. I just think that all eyes are going to be on him and it's going to be interesting to see how he handles that pressure. Right. Right.
1: Oh, well, this was a fun one. Auburn takes down Vanderbilt 80 to 65. Daryl, you are on the show tomorrow. We talk about Antonio Kite. We talk about Derek Nix being official. And also Locked On Ole Miss host uh, Stephen Willis joins the show in the the third segment there. So be sure to tune in to that. And of course, Daryl, you'll be on Fridays, Locked On Auburn, as well as uh, you and I going live after Auburn and Ole Miss this Saturday. How can people check out everything else that you've got? going
0: on just follow me on x dap 6410 love the engagement good interactions a lot to talk about so it's been a lot of fun
1: yep yep please like this video please subscribe to the channel means a ton you can find all my written work at auburndaily.com and we will see you tomorrow this has been locked on auburn
0: hey prime members